afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Cooper. Welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This is episode 22. Holy shit, did I have a kick up the ass. So, uh, so uh, several days ago, uh, a podcast went live that I went on with um, my good friend Massey. It's a podcast called uh, Midnight Mass. That's Midnight Mass, and check that out on iTunes. And uh, it's fantastic. He, it's Mike from Massey talks to his friends about bits and pieces. Um, and he talked to me. We went for about sort of three hours because surprisingly I can uh, I can talk. And yeah, it was really uh, really really good. But it was a massive kick of the ass because uh, I influenced him to kind of do his his thing, um, and then he influenced kind of me to do mine. Um, so we both kind of worked each other's kind of banter a little bit and he kind of just made me think you know what i could do better and i'm gonna do better with this, this, this spoken metal show i'm gonna do this episode and then i'm gonna do a download special where i'm gonna go through and kind of prep anybody that's going to download the bands i think you should check out and think you should uh, have a look at and uh, and watch at the show but uh i thought i would just kick off the first one you have to apologize i'm a little bit sniffly because i've got uh so it seems like hay fever uh not exactly metal i guess but there you go um the first thing i want to do is basically just kind of go through the sort of the things that have been happening in the world of metal i think that's probably the best way to approach the spoken metal show and then from that i can lead on to to other things but every so often like i say on the next show uh, which will be 23 I'll do a download special as well. So if you want to check out what I had to say on there, I talk a lot about tour managing and being in bands and teching and all that kind of crazy stuff. That's a massive show on Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass on iTunes. Uh, I suggest you take it out. Check out the other other guests as well. Some really interesting things being said. It was really a nice and formal sort of chat and it made me just realise that I, I really do love talking about music and how influential it is. So without further ado, the first thing that struck me in the, in the news this week was about... Um, Metallica, um, obviously, always go. Oh, Coop's always, Coop's always going on about Metallica. He's always talking about Metallica. Well, right now they're probably the biggest metal band possibly in the world. Maybe you got Maiden and stuff like that, you know, to a certain degree. But Metallica are probably one of the go-to ones for that interesting barometer about what's going on in in the, the larger end of metal. And it's always kind of interesting to see what's what's going on with them. Uh, there's an interesting thing. There's a website called Polestar, and they kind of collate ticket prices from concerts and, and what have you and give you kind of global figures about how much you that you're doing um and how much money you're making or, or, or what have you and it's a good barometer to see kind of what's going on out there it's not perfect it's not the ideal barometer but it's a good it's a good indication sometimes and they put up that um the metallica are one of the uh i think it was number three i think uh top earning tours uh, so far, averaging out a, a ticket price of one hundred and four pounds, or I think it might have been dollars actually, and the average attendance being twenty thousand four hundred and fifty-one. So if you do the maths, day they're averaging out about two million uh, a show. So that's why Metallica tour because they're averaging out two million a show. And then you've got to think and factor into that the 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 merch and obviously you know everything that follows on from that people who go to watch the show and go shit i didn't know that song i'll go and buy that album that type of thing so it's there's money to be made there there really is you know they're making that apparently during the seventh and the ninth at stuttgart they earned 3.3 million which is just it was think about it's incredible don't get me wrong that's that's like you know because it's a massive production you you know you aim high you're gonna the payoff's gonna be high but i thought it was interesting that they kind of shared it with the likes of the, the pop acts and what have you uh interesting to note uh bon jovi nine and in about 1.5 million about uh, twenty thousand people each show as an average that they get which i thought was interesting bon jovi still a huge draw uh are they metal well then you know, someone may say no i would probably say they are the more the more rock but 
I would guess it was number 15. Number 15 in the highest grossing tours so far. Okay, it was, it was our friend Kid Rock. It's Kid Rock averages out 810,000 people. Sorry, 810,000 £10, pounds. £95 uh, for a ticket. Puts him 15th. Fifth Kid Rock, 15th. Isn't that incredible? It's a piss you off. And then just below them, Imagine Dragons, which was interesting, I thought. It's number 16, which was just fascinating to me. I, I, I went back and I looked at since they Polestar had been doing this, because it would have been interesting to see this for, like, you know, the 70s and the 80s for, like, you know, some of those type of bands and what, what they were going. But sadly, it, it, it goes back as far as the 5th to the 9th, 2016. And I had a look through just to see, kind of, if you could see, like, if there was more metal or less metal in there. And there was uh, two sort of notable entries. Six was Muse and seven was Iron Maiden. And it just struck me as if... Has there ever been a time when, when, when metal would, would, would share more in that... In, 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 a, in a particular year... Maybe during the nineties, in GNR and Metallica and stuff like that, and just you know, is it is does it mean there's there's a there's a, a decline in bands coming up to the uh, to the to sort of higher echelons? You know, the, who's going to replace these the maidens and the Metallicas and what have you? Is it someone like Avenged Sevenfold and 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 and, and to that degree, uh, is it someone like that? I thought it was interesting. Worth a look. Paul Star, they do a global concert type of thing. Now, not by any stretch of imagination is it hard science, but interesting. Interesting to see what kind of like uh, what kind of a live scene on that level, anyway, is kind of like. <laughs> Tell you something else that was uh, kind of quite interesting to me as well was. Uh, the uh, you know who's who's going to replace these larger bands that fill arenas and play these massive shows, and. Someone said to me, what about Five Finger Death Punch? So, um, I don't know. Uh, I, saw the, I saw Death Punch uh, the first time at download, along with a few other people. <laughs> and uh, they really won the crowd over. They were, they, they, they were a solid live act, you know. Um, and interestingly enough, their new album has debuted again. It, 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 for the, 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 I think the fifth straight uh, time they've done it. They're in some one and the hard rock charts and number five in the billboard charts which is just, which is a huge 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 thing like and there's, there's there's no getting away from that it's an absolutely huge thing if you if you care about charts as, as frankly not a lot of people do anymore but it shows that there's kind of the story of the, this album is absolutely fascinating it's a, it's a metal show all in itself i think i could cover it where they they're gonna bring out the album and justice for for, for none and then um, the uh, Prospect Park they say they're not going to release it substandard quality and they sue them and there's all kinds of nonsense and then you have like you know Moody doing crazy things on stage looks like the band's breaking up and everything and then they add two more new songs to it and then they release the album and it just charts they're just a, an absolutely insane situation with them but it was just uh, what's what's everybody's thoughts on that so you know as always I'm on Twitter uh, hashtag uh, you know, the Spoken Metal Show, we'll have a look at our show as well uh, on there and leave some comments and, and what have you as well as Facebook as well. Our Five Finger Death Punch, the next people to kind of fly the flag for, for, for metal on an arena level. Don't know. Uh, let's see what everybody thinks out there personally. Um, I don't know. It comes down to songs. It always comes down to songs and they've got, they haven't got any crossover ones, so the longevity, it's difficult to say. 
you've got to big have big songs you want to play big places it's interesting it's interesting she certainly can play let's see let's see how that one goes you know it could be could be whether you want it to be or not could be so speaking about live music i uh, i went to a, a, a live music show where a group of people go and pay money and a door to go and watch a show um, with a band that don't do any backing tracks that simply play music where there's the fans are right up against the stage in a great venue and then afterwards everybody goes and buys a t-shirt and goes home it's it's it's, it's a concept i know struggle most of you will struggle to understand um uh, but it did exist and that place was a gorilla in manchester a uh, gorilla in manchester is a maybe maybe one of the last great bastions of, of great venues it's tied it was hot as all balls in there. It was packed to the rafters. There was a guy on the door, and I love that. The, the, the guy, shout out, yeah, to the guy on the door, uh, or girl on the door, who sits at the door and takes money. Now, this was a, a, a big better than that. Obviously, there's tickets and you can buy them online and what have you. And there's a guest list, and the guy had his his laminate list of what you know people's laminates and stuff. But it was just a guy in a door with a with a with a fucking box for his money and and shit. And, and I just I they're the, they're the real unsung heroes of rock uh, and metal for me in the in the underground scene is that there's some guy who can't watch the fucking show because you can't you can't like get, you know take the money and and then you know okay well that's everybody in now the, the first band already been on and then fucking then I can go watch the band you've got to be there pretty much the whole thing and then you've got to deal with people going I forgot my ticket or I don't know what's going on or is it sold out can I get a ticket on the door or someone said I can get in for free and all that bullshit and I don't fucking bounce today. there it's just this, this poor guy and I've seen this on loads of like places but uh, I mean there's bounces a gorilla obviously but Generally speaking, this, this, these, these people are normally like the, the gatekeepers of of the, the gatekeepers of metal. There you go, and uh, and I just think you know they probably don't get enough respect. It's normally the, a member of the band's friend as well, some poor bastard who gets talked into the show, like you know what I mean, or a girlfriend of the band, or a boyfriend of the band, or whatever it may be. And and it, it's always it's always dead tough. I always do always see these people, and they're always fucking pissed off. This guy wasn't; he was lovely. So yeah, so just before it starts, actually, one of the reasons I went was obviously Monster Magnet is a fucking great. Um, it was it was always going to be great, it's a great venue. It's a great place to see bands in there anyway. But my mate John, uh, he's a lampy, which is a lighting electrician. A lighting electrician, lighting engineer, lighting engineer, and he was doing the show as well. So I, I he was on tour with with Magneton, and so it's always nice to catch up with him. I reference him in him in the uh, in the Midnight Mass show, and eventually he will be a guest on this show when I can actually get hold of him because he's very busy. Because he's very good, so we got to watch the show in relative comfort, uh, but it's still it was absolutely hot as balls. It was so hot, in fact, that everywhere was kind of like everybody was drinking, everybody was sweating. And every, every all the floor was gungy and whatever, but it was that was great. It was the, the best thing. But anyway, when I went to the toilet, I went to the toilet and in a go, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking a piss, and I, a couple of guys next to me and what have you, because it's quite small, confined quarters. And a guy comes in and wants to come in. I didn't see him, and it's like this wet spat on the floor, and he uh, and he, he fell because it was dead slippy and stuff, and and he, he's, he's clearly had a, a fully refreshed gentleman. And uh, and he did the deck, and I, so me and his friend rolled him over, and he cut his eyebrow up and all the rest of it. And he was just all he cared about. He was like, "I'm, I'm good." His eyes pouring with blood. He's like, "I'm good to go. I want to watch the show." And I was just like, "You are a metal fucking hero, my friend. And whoever you are, if you do it, if you are, this, may your fucking one 
badass hardcore motherfucker and uh, and Coop takes his hat off off to you like he really does. So we were in the show so it I mean it's wall to wall. It's absolutely wall to wall and uh, Monster Magnets whether you like him whether you don't like him did they just did, there was none of this like kind of bands with the, they came out and just destroyed you know for a good hour and so in that place and it was it felt like just this crazy gigs full of old school battle vests and fucking beards galore i have a beard but that mine looked like fucking fisher price my first beard compared to some of these guys there was all the fucking metal shirts from tours years ago and all that type of the and the real versions not the fucking top man versions there was the the old school the merch stand with the fucking the merch was crazy well. and it just it just reminded me uh the, the metal's not fucking dead and it ain't dying either by by the way and it just flourishes you know like you see like a uh the dandelions and they kind of grow in between the concrete and somehow they fucking the weeds get through that's what it is metal's just this fucking weed you ain't never going to get rid of it'll just it'll find a way and it's always born from concrete it's always born from struggles and born from adversity and born from people saying that's fucking the lowest common denominator. It's simple music, or it's music for fucking losers, or it's idiots, or whatever, and that, and all that nonsense. And I'm talking fucking crap. Like, it's it's about it's about struggle. It's about kind of conflict. About someone going, yeah, I don't feel happy about something, and you don't feel happy about something. We're gonna do something about it. And you know what? The entire show, no fights, no kickoffs, no nothing. There was a male, female. Every single person was 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 kind of happy, content, comfortable there. It was a really, really great show in a really really great place i urge you strongly to go to gorilla more often and see bands there because it felt like the the, the time warner kind of like encyclopedic version of what a metal show should be you know with the bands as well the bands loading off to the side all the support bands landing over to these small little cutter trailers and shit and all that type of thing and i just thought it was the it was it was the best thing in the world i love those type of shows i love them more than i love arena shows i really do i love the elements of danger slight elements of danger i love being uncomfortable you shouldn't be fucking comfortable at a gig at a metal gig you should be comfortable watching fucking avengers yeah but you shouldn't be comfortable in a fucking in a metal gig it should feel fucking dangerous and exciting and you're alive and you're not made of fucking glass and it should feel that way and it should be hot it should be hot because everybody in there gives a fuck and they're not bored and no one should be fucking on the phones and no one should be it should be concentrating on what's going on and the band should be fucking rocking and uh, you know and, and that's it and the, and the band should be able to get in the face of the band and it, like that's what they were doing quite regularly the magnet would come up to the front and and be in the face of the crowd right in there and then you know the support band should be selling their own merch and you should be able to talk to them and it all should be cool it's it, it reminded me of what great gigs are it reminded me of being missing being on tour if i'm honest with you ladies and gentlemen um but yeah it just was it was just was fabulous and it was fabulous to see my mate john again uh after so long because he's always out touring and that was good to see as well I took some friends with me as well uh it was just a great night a really great night gorilla's just a great place it may be one of my favorite places uh, along with grand central uh to to see to see a band currently in manchester most definitely fantastic just fantastic it's a statue uh, unveiled to uh, for his 70th, uh, which would have been the 70th, the John Bonham statue. Obviously, John Bonham, the uh, the drummer of Led Zeppelin. And it raises a question, like, you know, t- statues of rock stars, do we want them, do we need them? And, you know, which ones do, do people think about when we say rock star statues? And the answer is, of course, yes, we fucking should have them. Um, why? Well, because I want a kid walking through... 
somewhere to point to the statue and go, who's that? And what did they do? And, uh, you know, how did they, why have they got a statue? And, and we can go and they'll go away and listen to that music and take it on board and be positively changed. You think of some of the great statues of some of the even greater people out there, obviously Hendrix in, in Seattle. Uh, springs to mind that crazy pose from Montreal in the uh, the kind of like leaning back on his knees with the, the guitar. Fantastic, fantastic image. You've got uh, Lemmy's obviously outside, outside or inside just the, the bar and grill naturally as it should be, which is obviously fantastic. You know for for, for what representation of, of Lemmy uh, the, the man. Um, you've got the great one uh, uh, Phil Linnett in Dublin uh, from Tin Lizzy, obviously. Uh, that virtually every single touring band or every single band I've ever known has ever been to Dublin's got a picture with that statue because he, he Phil meant that much, like you know, he meant that much. You've got uh, the interesting one about Bon Scott in Fremantle. He wasn't born there, but obviously he was, he was raised there. So the Bon Scott statue, once again, if anybody's around there, the, that's always somewhere where a, uh, a statue uh, that people get pictures of, and that's the whole point. Is that's our way of remembering that person. Um, is that there's a statue there of these? These are great people, great poets, great artists, great musicians, great human beings, and that's incredibly important that we remember remember those people in the same way that we remember people who did huge things for humanitarians uh, causes and few things that changed the, the shift of, of socialness, socialness, social conscience about you know to push the, the us humankind forward. The likes of Lemmy did that, you know, through music and through his opinions, and, and certainly Leonard's definitely Hendrix, and you know, Bon Scott as well in his own inimitable style. Like, and so it's nice that John Bonham joins those people. You know, just incredible musician, huge colossal talent, and just almost you know, just this this well, if, if there's a list of great rock drummers, yes, of course, John Bonham is always going to enter that conversation. Is he? time will mean that forever we'll be deciding that now i'll end the this podcast now talk for a little bit now i will do uh, a download special coming up soon where i will go through who i think you should be looking at a download listening to and you can say fuck off coop you know nothing about music uh, i'm gonna go and watch this band is dead that's cool but i'm gonna do a one anyway uh to kind of do that. i'm gonna do all the days it's just in one big go i'm gonna just go and we're gonna get it done but before I do, just before I sign off, everybody likes lists, don't they? I'm going to give you the top three John Bonham songs that you should go away now and listen to, enjoy your life, be inspired, and uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks very much for listening. But first, I'm going to give you my three top John Bonham songs. So, and in number three, no particular order, but in number three... Let's go with, for me, it's probably from Led Zeppelin 4, it's Four Sticks, uh, mainly because there's that rumour that he basically put, strapped four sticks together to play the, the drums on I don't think he did, but more moreover that is that it's, what an incredible song that is. Uh, definitely worth checking out, Not it's probably a deeper cut than, than, than some, but yeah. Then I would have to say in a number two, it's tough uh, for me, I would say... Huh, when a Levy Breaks, 71, uh, from uh, Led Zeppelin 4. Um, just, li- just <laughs> everybody else followed after he did. The, you know, he played, just, it, some of it sounds incredibly simple until you actually go and try and do it yourself. And it just becomes, it's, it's just incredible. For me, though, it's almost impossible to ignore from Led Zeppelin 1, 
1969 Moby fucking Dick. It's actually Moby Dick, but he makes it. He puts the fucking a Moby Dick because it's just it's peerless. It's absolutely superb. Please go back and listen to everything that Led Zeppelin have ever done. Uh, certainly the the first four albums and beyond. Um, to just see listen to John Bonham just. Just an incredible player. It's playing what what would now was become recognised almost cliche drum drum uh, lines and uh, but he did it with such passion. I was going to put Cashmere in there because it, it even though it's simple, he chose to make that that simple and make it that brilliant. Um, he's going to choose the immigrant song as well. He was fucking this incredible piece of m- momentum and maybe even out in the tiles as well from Led Zeppelin three. I thought would have would have maybe thrown that in as well. The point is. The guy was a fucking colossus of a drummer, um, and you should check out everything he ever did, because you should just check out Led Zeppelin, because they were amazing in their own right, and metal probably wouldn't exist, and certainly to the degree it wasn't if it wasn't for John Bonham. There isn't a metal drummer alive, I don't believe, who at least will nod to him. Um, so yeah, it's great that he's remembered in a statue, and even better that we've got the music to keep him alive and listening to. And in the future, many generations will go past and go, who's that statue of? And the, 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 the parent can go, it's the statue of one of the best drummers of all fucking time and can put on Moby Dick. Thanks for listening to this show. I'll see you on the next one. Thanks a lot. See you later.